nothing defines your career path, path other than hard work. So if you feel like that you haven't represented your academics very well, then make up for it in other areas. I don't think it really does make much of a difference, especially now. Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the student lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This episode is sponsored by the University of Law. What really sets the University of Law apart from other universities is its belief that its students should learn in a realistic, professional and contemporary context. They focus exclusively on practice-based training and give students access to their extensive career service and jobs vacancy database as soon as they accept a place with them. Through the University of Law's pro bono programme, law students can hone their skills by working on real cases before they graduate. The University of Law offers a range of postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students advance at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many of their courses to help students work and study at the same time. To find out more about the courses on offer, click the link in the description box of the podcast. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name's Camilla and I'm an LPC student at the University of Law and Future Trainee Solicitor. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Megan Halm, Trainee Solicitor at a top 40 law firm and founder of It's All Hearsay, a platform created to provide help and guidance to aspiring lawyers. In this episode, Megan and I will be discussing all things social mobility and why it's so important in the legal profession. So without further ado, let's welcome Megan onto the show. Welcome, Megan. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to be on. Well, it's great to, it's great to have you on. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get straight into the questions because I've got a lot for you today. Um, so maybe it would be good if we could kick off the episode with you explaining a little bit about your education and career background. Yeah, of course. So hi, yeah, I'm Megan. I am a second seat trainee at an international law firm in London. I am currently sitting in the real estate department and my last seat was in litigation. Uh, prior to this, I studied at the University of Lincoln, which is a non-rational group university. And I then went on to do my LPC and LLM full-time while working part-time at a private client firm in London. And then I went on to be a paralegal at a city firm in London. And that's where I secured my training contract. Brilliant. And, and can you tell us a bit more about It's All Hearsay and what it inspired you to start that platform? Yeah. Um, so It's All Hearsay is a platform that was created to offer help and guidance to all aspiring lawyers. My journey to becoming a trainee solicitor was hard. I constantly felt like I was alone and there was no information out there. So I truly believe that's kind of why I spent four years applying for a training contract because I didn't really reach out for help. I didn't ask for any information um, and I just wasted so much time and effort. So I wanted to make sure that nobody ever felt the way that I did. 
And I believe that there's certainly an art to getting this journey right. And while mistakes and setbacks are definitely unavoidable, I want to be a person that will help others to not give up. I want to provide them with resources, tips and tricks and things to help them get there with a less less few hiccups um, than what I did. So, yeah, we offer tips, tricks, fun reels, interview guides, templates, CV review, um, and anything else that you need to help you in your journey to becoming a solicitor or a, law- a lawyer great um I think it's all hearsay it's a brilliant platform I am a big fan and um, even though I'm not applying at the moment I still <laughs> entertaining and informative which is the best mix so um what I'll do for the listeners is leave details for it's all hearsay in the comment box uh, description box even of the podcast so, um, Megan, you've mentioned briefly that you your journey wasn't easy and it took you a few years. So I wondered if you could maybe go into a bit more detail about what your journey was like to securing a training contract. Yeah, I didn't really start off in the best way. I didn't make use of all of the things that were available to me quite early on. Um, I was kind of just going through the motions and not really applying myself 100%. Uh, just because nobody really told me what I needed to do. And I think that's quite a common trend within the legal industry at the moment. Everyone just kind of does the things that they think they need to do, but without really thinking about the bigger picture or, um, yeah, really giving it 100%. So I was applying to a variety of firms and I really wasn't drilling down into the specific criteria that I needed in order to present the best applications so I was just doing things half-heartedly so um there's that and also being a socially mobile student I you know had to fund my own way and I really had to make myself um sort of known within the you know the legal industry or job searching or anything like that so yeah there was definitely lots of barriers um to getting there but I mean it all paid off in the end so I'm very glad that I can sit here today and sort of expect share my experiences of it well congratulations on uh securing your training contract and starting as a trainee um I I know how difficult the journey is um so I yeah I completely relate with that so, so how do you think that going to a non-Russell Group university affected your journey into law? While I was at university, I felt like it really did affect my journey. I felt like a lot of firms were penalising me because I didn't go to a Russell Group university. But I've since learned that this kind of isn't the case. There, maybe five, ten years ago, this would be an issue and it would be a big influencer Um, But I've learned really that the main barrier to affecting your journey into law is not creating enough opportunities for yourself or branding yourself in the right way or developing your networking skills. So it was kind of my own fault and my own kind of small mindedness that I thought that I wasn't getting where I needed to be because of the university I went to. Um, And I, yeah, I really don't think that's the case anymore. Obviously, there's still a long way to go and there's lots of firms that are still kind of pushing to have Russell Group universities as their trainees but in order to overcome these kind of barriers you just need to get involved with as much as you can at university um, demonstrate why you've got transferable skills and really be willing to put yourself outside your comfort zone yeah so I feel like you are a big fish 
in a small pond when you go to a non-Russell Group university. So you've got to use that to your advantage and make, you know, propel yourself into a legal career and demonstrate why you're worthy of the other applicants. Um, but yeah, that's, I, th- I think it really did affect me at the time, but more mentally than actual physical barriers to my career in law. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I, I, went, I didn't go to Russell Group University. Um, and whilst I did graduate, oh, 2012 so a while ago um I feel like yes things aren't necessarily put into your lap but yes you shouldn't really be relying on things being kind of put into your lap anyway you're going when you're doing applications to make yourself stand out you're going to have to go above and beyond so you know finding creative ways to network with firms is is something that you can do I think regardless of, of what university you go to um so what do you think were the biggest challenges or barriers that you faced when applying for training contracts and how did you overcome them? So neither of my parents went to university. Um, so I was a first gen and this is something that I struggled with a little bit because my parents are both very ambitious. They're incredibly driven. and They've always pushed me to do things, but they were... Um, not very experienced in this area, you know, so it was quite difficult for me to kind of fly the nest in that respect and go out and do these things when I didn't really have a mentor as a parent, you know, in terms of what I need to do in a university. So that I felt was a bit of a barrier for me. Um, Another one was the fact that I had to do all of this myself. I had to fund my university uh, fees. I also had to, um, pay for my living costs which can be very very extortionate um and it's really inaccessible I think for a lot of people from low-income backgrounds but it's not impossible so that was one thing and then I think essentially finding legal work experience is another really difficult thing to do um there's lots of ways you can overcome this and I think changing your mindset again to know that all experience is experience and it's about the way that you showcase that and how it's representative of your work ethic and then probably the final barrier is definitely writing the applications you know getting it right making sure that you're putting in the right amount of time and effort and research um, but also to get the rewards and the value of doing that and not you know just doing it and getting rejection after rejection so I think that's probably one of the biggest barriers there is in terms of what everybody faces. Yeah I think those are all really great points and you mentioned finding legal work experience and that's something that we are going to talk about in later episodes so listeners um, or watchers if you're watching this on YouTube um, there will be a part two to this interview where Megan will be talking about her experiences finding legal work experience so watch out for that. Okay, so there's also a big push from law firms at the moment in relation to social mobility because of the benefits of recruiting talent from a wider pool of applicants. Why do you think that social mobility is important to law firms? And do you think things are actually changing or do you think the the industry is just playing lip service to social mobility? I think there is an element of lip service for sure. Um, Some firms are much more genuinely committed to it than others. Um, but it is a fantastic thing to promote. And I do think that law firms are genuinely recognising this. Um, so it builds better teams. Uh, the more diverse the team, the more the more genuine and better the ideas are. Uh, socially mobile students tend to 
or those from disadvantaged backgrounds tend to be um, more relatable to clients and have more people skills. So that's something that they should really build on. Um, and they also tend to be a bit more ambitious and driven because they've had to overcome barriers to get where they are. So I do genuinely believe things are changing. Um, I'm part of the social mobility network at my firm, and I'm definitely committed to pushing things from the inside out. I know a lot of my trainee and newly qualified friends are also doing the same. So, you know, there's definitely change coming. Lots of firms are now partnering with um, organizations like Aspiring Solicitors and Pathways to Law. There's firms that um, mentor students through the Social Mobility Foundation. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely things that firms are starting to implement. Um, so I think it is lip service, but there are a few firms out there that are really driving it forwards. Definitely. I do think that some are, seem more dedicated than others. And yeah, like you said, it, it, it is really good to see. And especially for me graduating such a long time ago, I don't remember seeing anything like like diversity. No. I'm sure they were out there. I just wasn't probably that good at looking back then. But um, yeah, it's, it's really good to see. So what about universities? Do you think that they need to do more to help improve social mobility? Absolutely. I think one of the main reasons non-Russell Group University students struggle is because of the career services team. Um, A lot of the time firms are partnering with with universities or uh, they don't or they're implementing campus ambassadors onto the site. So when it comes to non-Russell Group universities, there's less of a push in this area. And I think lots of information barriers form. So yeah, I think they definitely need to do more to overcome this. And I, I do think it comes from the career service itself. I think universities already offer a lot of free opportunities and it is down to the students to take advantage of that. And a lot of the time universities are happy for you to set up your own networks or societies or committees. So if there is a gap, then there is the opportunity to fill it. And I think that's something really students should be focusing on when they're at university. Um, having said that, again, the living costs, the university fees, are still very disproportionate so it does make it very difficult and I think this is something that universities need to overcome and I think they will start to overcome it especially when the SQE comes in because a lot of people are going to start going down the apprenticeship route and I think that's going to really make them think about what they need to do. Yeah that's really interesting actually. Um, Yeah the apprenticeship route does seem like it would be a definitely more attractive Uh, pathway and it does seem like a lot more firms are are getting on board with that at the moment and so what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career in law but thinks that they won't be able to because maybe they're from a socially mobile background or they don't have straight A's and or they haven't attended a Russell Group University just don't give up I mean be yourself it sounds you know all blase to be able to say things like that but being yourself is a fantastic tool uh nothing defines your career path path other than hard work so if you feel like that you haven't represented your academics very well then make up for it in other areas I don't think it really does make much of a difference especially now so you know things that need to happen is spreading awareness of this and making sure that you pick your own career path and not letting your background define you in any way Um, once you're within the workspace nothing is ever said about grades, background, struggles, performance, talent. You are judged on being who you are in that moment. So I think just concentrating on that and making sure that you're filling gaps and 
taking part in everything that you can will set you up perfectly for a career in law um, and it really shouldn't be down to your grades or which university you went to. Very well said. I, I completely agree with, with all of that and I think it's brilliant advice and hopefully will inspire um, any of our, our watchers and listeners who might who might relate. Um, and just finally, before we, we let you go with, with this episode, um, congratulations on achieving a first-class law degree at university. Um, what are your top tips for getting a first in the LLB? Because it's not easy. You know what? It's so funny you say that because I forget that I actually achieved a first class. I've almost blocked it away in a trauma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because it was really tough. Um, yeah. But I, I, I'm so glad that I did it. And it was it was a very, very tight um, milestone. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was a very tight finish line. I, I nearly didn't make it is what I'm trying to say. So, um, yeah, I managed to throw myself across the finish line. Um, but, yeah, in terms of revising and being able to get a first class, it is a memory test. I mean, a lot of the time now it's open books and less so. But write to-do lists and stick to them. Read only what is required. And with having said that, what is required is what is important. You know, things that are really going to help you understand the module, the topic, um, and making sure that you're reading the right things, you know, not going above and beyond. Find the way, you know, find ways that, to revise that work for you. Um, yeah. Writing out case summaries, key law, um, any kind of legislation on flashcards early is really helpful in doing this. My secret tip is record yourself reading your notes and then listen to those recordings whenever you can, when you're cooking dinner, when you're walking, going to the gym, in the car, literally at any opportunity that you can. And this will enable you to have more free time to do the social things and help yourself be sort of mentally healthy as well at the same time. That's a really good piece of advice. I've not heard that before recording yourself, but that's that's really good. Thank you for sharing. Secret weapon. (laughs) Well, Megan, that's the end of my questions. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Student Lawyer podcast and coming on to talk about social mobility and why it's so important. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, we will be releasing further episodes with with Megan where we're going to be talking about working as a paralegal in the city and also the importance of mentoring. So do watch out for those. And until next time, goodbye. episode is sponsored by the University of Law. What really sets the University of Law apart from other universities is its belief that its students should learn in a realistic, professional and contemporary context. They focus exclusively on practice-based training and give students access to their extensive career service and jobs vacancy database as soon as they accept a place. Through the University of Law's pro bono program, law students can hone their skills by working on real cases before they graduate. The University of Law offers a range of postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students advance at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many of their courses to help students work and study at the same time. The University of Law will help you reach your ambitions by delivering an outstanding academic and employment focused experience honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. As soon as you begin your studies with ULaw, you'll learn how to think and act like a lawyer. 
Whether your aspirations are in law or other fields, their courses will balance academic rigour and practical skills so your career starts from day one. To find out more about the courses they have on offer, just click the link in the description box of the podcast. To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com.